Chapter 12 of Escart Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Julie Yu. Escart Stories by Mary H. Foster and Mabel H. Cummings. Edges Feast. Eja was the ruler of the ocean, and his home was deep down below the tossing waves, where the water is calm and still. There was his beautiful palace in the wonderful coral caves, its walls all hung with bright-coloured seaweeds, and the floor of white sparkling coral sand. Such wonderful sea plants grew all about, and still more wonderful creatures, some which you could not tell from flowers, waving their pretty fringes in the water, some sitting fastened to the rocks and catching their food with them moving, like the sponges, others darting about and chasing each other. Deep in the wave is a coral grove, where the purple mudlet and goldfish rove, where the sea flower spreads its leaves of blue that never are wet with falling dew. But in bright and changeful beauty shine, far down in the green and glassy brine, the floor is of sand like the mountain drift, and the pearl shells spangle the flinty snow. From coral rocks the sea plants lift, the boughs where the tides and billows flow. The water is calm and still below, for the winds and waves are absent there, and the sands are bright as the stars that glow in the motionless fields of upper air. Percival In that ocean home, lived the lovely mermaids, who sometimes came up above the waves to sit on the rocks and comb their long golden hair in the sunshine. They had heads and bodies like beautiful maidens, with fish tails instead of feet. One day the gods in Asgard gave a feast, and Edger was invited. He could not often leave home to visit Asgard, for he was always very busy with the ocean winds and tides and storms. But calling his daughters the waves, he bade them keep the ocean quiet while he was away and look after the ships at sea. Then Edger went over Bifrost, the rainbow bridge to Asgard, where they had such a gay party and such feasting that he was sorry when the time came to go home. But at last, he said goodbye to Father Odin and the rest of the Asia. He thanked them all for the pleasure they had given him, saying, If only I had a kettle that held enough meat for us all to drink, I would invite you to visit me. Thor, who was always glad to hear about eating and drinking, said, I know of a kettle a mile wide and a mile deep. I will fetch it for you. Then Edger was pleased and set a day for them all to come to his great feast.
So, Thor took with him his brother, the brave Tyr, who knew best how to find the kettle, and together they started off in Thor's thunder chariot, drawn by goats, on the way to Yugard, the home of the giants. When they reached that land of ice and snow, they soon found the house of Himmer, the giant who owned Mile Deep, as the big kettle was called. The gods were glad to find that the giant was not at home, and his wife, who was more gentle than most of her people, asked them to come in and rest, advising them to be ready to run when they should hear the giant coming, and to hide behind a row of kettles which hung from a beam at the back end of the hall. For, says she, my husband may be very angry when he finds strangers here, and often the glance of his eye is so fierce that he kills. At first, the mighty Thor and brave Tyr were not willing to hide like cowards, but at last, they agreed to the plan, upon the good wife promising to call them out as soon as she had told her husband about them. It was not long before they heard the heavy steps of Himmer as he came striding into his icy home, and very lucky it was for Thor and Tyr that the giantess had told them to hide, for when the giant heard that Two of the Asia from Asgard were in his home, so fierce a flesh shot from his eyes that it broke the beam from which the kettles hung, and they all fell broken on the floor except mile deep. After a while, the giant grew quiet, and at last even began to be polite to his guests. He had been unlucky at his fishing that day, so he had to kill three of his oxen for supper. Thor, being hungry, as usual, made Humor quite angry by eating two whole oxen, so that when they rose from the table, the giant said, If you keep on eating as much at every meal as you have tonight, Thor, you will have to find your own food. Very well, said Thor. I will go fishing with you in the morning. Next morning, Thor set forth with the giant, and as they walked over the fields toward the sea, Thor cut off the head of one of the finest oxen for bait. Of course, you may know that Humor was not pleased at this, but Thor said, he should need the very best kind of bait, for he was hoping to catch the Midgard serpent, that dangerous monster who lived at the bottom of the ocean, coiled around the world with his tail in his mouth. When they came to the shore where the boat was ready, each one took an oar, and they rowed out to deep water. Himmel was tired first, and called to Thor to stop. We are far enough out, he cried. This is my usual fishing place, where I find the best whales. If we go farther, the sea will be rougher, 
and we may run into the meat-gut serpent. As this was just what Thor wanted. He rode all the harder and did not stop until they were far out on the ocean. Then he baited his hook with the ox's head and threw it overboard. Soon there came a fierce jerk on the line. It grew heavier and heavier, but Thor pulled with all his might. He tucked so hard that he broke through the bottom of the boat and had to stand on the slippery rocks beneath. All this time, the giant was looking on, wondering what was the matter. But when he saw the horrid head of the Mikat serpent rising above the waves, he was so frightened that he cut the line. And Thor, after trying so hard to rid the world of that dangerous monster, saw him fall back again under the water, even meaner the magic hammer, which Thor hurled at the creature, was too late to hit him. And so the two fishermen had to turn back and wade to the shore, carrying the broken boat and oars with them. The giant was proud to think he had been too quick for Thor, and after they reached the house, he said to the thunder god, Since you think you're so strong, let us see you break this goblet. If you succeed, I will give you the big kettle. This was just what Thor wanted, so he tightened his belt of strength and threw the goblet with all his might against the wall. But instead of breaking the goblet, he broke the wall. A second time he tried, but did no better. Then the giant's wife whispered to Thor, Throw it at his head. Then she sang in a low voice as she turned her spinning wheel. Hard the pillar, hard the stone, hard the yet the giant's bone. Stones shall break and pillars fall, humors for it breaks them all. Yet again, Thor threw the goblet, this time against the giant's head, and it fell, broken in pieces. Then Tyr tried to lift the mile-deep kettle, for he was in a hurry to leave this land of ice and snow but he could not stir it from its place, and Thor had to help him before they could get it out of the giant's house. When Himmer saw the gods, whom he hated, carrying off his kettle, he called all his giant friends, and they started out in chase of the Asher. But when Thor heard them coming, he turned and saw their fierce, grinning faces glaring down at him from every rocky peak and iceberg. Then the mighty thunderer raised Myrna, the hammer, above his head and hurled it among the giants, who became stiff and cold, all turned into giant rocks that still stand by the shore. Aja was very glad to get mile deep, 
So he set to work to make the meat in it, to get ready for the great feast. At the time of the flax harvest, when all the Asia were coming from Asgard to visit him. Before the day came, all light and joy had gone from the sacred city, because the bright bother had been slain, and the homes of the gods were dark and lonely without him. So they were all glad to visit Asia, to find cheer for the sadness. There was Father Odin, with his golden helmet, and Queen Frigga wearing her crown of stars, golden-haired Sif, Friar with bristling garment, the wonderful necklace, and all the noble company of the Asia, all except mighty Thor, who had gone far away to the giant land. As they all sat in Asia's beautiful ocean hall, drinking the sweet mead, and talking together, Loki came in and stood before them. But, finding he was not welcome, and no seat saved for him, he began saying ugly things to make them all angry. And at last, he grew angry himself, and slew Edge's servant because they praised him. The Asher drove him out from the hall, but once more. He came in, and said such dreadful things that at last Frigga said, "Oh, if my son Bother were only here, he would silence thy wicked tongue." Then Loki turned to Frigga, and told her that he himself was the very one who had slain Bother. He had no sooner spoken. Then a heavy peal of thunder shook the hall, and angry Thor strode in, waving his magic hammer. Seeing this, the coward Loki turned and fled, and Asgard was rid of him forever. End of chapter twelve.